All right, so we're here today interviewing Jack Galvin. How are you doing today, Jack? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being a guest. Mm -hmm. All right, so how long have you been doing comedy? I've been doing comedy about three years and like four months. Nice. What made you want to get into it? Um, I had a... It's kind of a sad story. I told it it a lot, so I don't mind telling it. Okay. um, uh, Comedy, I wanted to be a country singer. I always wanted to do something oh, in, the, yeah. in the spotlight. I liked entertaining people. Um, couldn't play guitar. Voice was decent, but never went anywhere with it. My dad always told me that I should be a comedian. He said, you're real funny. People like you. You're quick. Never thought. I mean, I thought about it, but never thought about it in a serious way. Okay. And then, but he always wanted to be a comedian his whole life. Never did. Wanted to be an actor. Never really pursued it. And then uh, Mother's Day 2014, he committed suicide. And that was like his third attempt um, at it. So it was something that I knew he had suffered from depression when we tried to help with. And um, I was super close with my dad. He was the best man at my wedding. I lived with him a long time as an adult. And uh, about four months after that, um, I was hanging out with my friend Hillary Hudson. Okay. Who runs Big Pine with me? Um, she, we were on the top of uh, um, a balcony at her house, and she, we were just laughing. She said, "You know what? You should do this. You should try to do this for fun on stage and just do it." Yeah. And I said that would, that sounds amazing. I would love to do that. And then so six months later, I finally did it. Went to a little went to a class, which a lot of people when I tell them that they go, "Oh, really? Classes? There's a stigma." I don't get that. Like, if I could afford to do classes, I'd be down to do them and try them out. I just, I don't think it matters how you get into comedy as long as if you want to do it and you have to find a way. To me, that was the only way. Someone at my, uh, a friend of mine told me she did improv classes there, went there, first class, didn't get out of my car, and left. Nice. Like, 20 minutes after class started. Too, too nervous, couldn't do it. Then went back the next week, finally did it. Got lucky because I met some really cool people in there that told me, hey, there's other ways to get out and do comedy. You just go to open mics and I didn't know about. Yeah. Told me to go to Tosos. Nice. Went there. And, uh, yeah, and then been chasing it ever since. Yeah. So, Tosos was your first open mic then? <laughs> first open mic Tosos. Did get on stage and tell some jokes in the class at the comedy spot, but not in front of a crowd or anything. All right. Uh, how did Tosos go? Tosos went, um, went well. I mean, well enough that uh, my second open mic, which would have been the next week, Sidney Smith, who was running the mic then, it was called Crack Ups. He uh, offered, he would do weekend shows a, a Friday and a Saturday, and he uh, I did well well enough that he offered me a second uh, spot on one of the weekend shows the next week. Nice. So, um, you know, a, a little immediate. Success, at least from what I what I thought was success, you know what I mean? With yeah. As well, someone actually wants me to do something else. This is great. Um, and it was. I mean, it, you know, he he did the right thing. He saw a new guy who could probably bring some people and brought a ton of people, and you know, did well again, and you know, well enough. And that was it. That's all. It, that's all it took <laughs> for me. Okay. And I stayed. And I stayed there most of the time in the beginning. I really didn't venture out too much. I did like the lighthouse with Bobby Johnson and. Okay. You know, just some just some random mics here and there, and went to L.A. because I was like, oh, obviously I've made it, so now I can go there and just kill. Right. And I went there and, and just bombed hard for four days. And right. We're talking about 
worst bomb or your worst moment in comedy, in your opinion? Worst moment in comedy? Um, we talk about this a lot on uh, the podcast I do, actually. And um, I, I've had a lot of bombs, so I think the worst one for me was just because of the awkwardness of it. I got a gig doing a holiday party for a big resort company. And the only reason I got it was because my friend was in town and I was a year in. Okay. And, um, I, and they didn't know what to pay. I didn't know what to ask for. Yeah. And I knew they had money. So I was like, when she said how much, I was like, I don't know, $400? <laughs> Just to see what she'd say. She's yeah. like, done. I'll, nice. send, uh, I'll get it all set up. And I was like, oh, I could ask for more, probably. <laughs> But I'll, and she said, "All I'm doing is I'm doing 15 minutes at their party, and they'd like me to roast their GM. And I've never roasted anyone on stage. I'm fairly clean comedian. I, okay. You know, I think. I mean, I think we all think we can roast a little bit because I think we get into comedy talking to our friends. Yeah. And roasting each other. Yeah. That's different <laughs> than roasting somebody you've never met before, somebody you don't know. So I was. Uh, I was nervous, but I had like a month to prepare. She got me early, and uh, I said, "We'll send a bunch of stuff, you know, telling me about this guy, stories that I can make fun of." Yeah. And they literally sent me four pages of these amazing stories about how great this guy was. Like the guy <laughs> worked there for thirty years. Started off at work like it was a golf course resort. Started working as like a, a, um, a range ball getter, all the way worked his way up to the top. He's a great guy. Yeah. How am I going to make fun of this guy? I have no idea. And then I get there, and it's set up like a wedding. Like, it's it's in a ballroom at another resort, and it's just tables, dance floor, DJ. And they go, we want you to come out with this chair, put it in the center, go get him, bring him out, and roast him for 15 minutes. I did not roast him for 15 minutes. (laughs) Because that would have meant I got a laugh. I got zero laughs. Uh, I I got a few boos. Actually, well, oh yeah, a few yeah. boos. And um, then after my set was done, I was told by the lady I should probably leave. Damn. And I was like, and my friends were there, who vouched for me and said I was funny. Mm-hmm. And that was probably the hardest because that was the hardest situation that I've ever been in, where. Nothing went right. Yeah. Everyone was looking at me, waiting to laugh. They wanted, they wanted, it wasn't like it was a dead crowd, too. They wanted to laugh at their boss. Yeah. And I gave them nothing. And I have never done another corporate gig since then. (laughs) And that was like two years ago. So that scared me enough. So yeah, that that was probably my worst. Nothing terrible, terrible, but. No, no. In my my mind, it was one of the worst nights ever. (laughs) I get it, like, and I always feel that way, like, if a paid set doesn't go that well, it's like, shit, they paid me to do this, yeah. and I, like, if it was an open mic, I wouldn't give a fuck. No. Like, it sucks, and it's all like, okay, it's all like, oh well. When people paid money, especially that much money for 15 minutes, yeah. you better give them something good. Yeah. And I gave them nothing. I gave them, I literally started my set off with, like, this guy is so good, how can I make fun of him? Which, I don't have no idea why I thought that was gonna go into something funny. Yeah. But it wasn't. That was that was that was the one I still think. Alright, so your proudest moment in comedy so far. Proudest moment? That's yeah. easy. I um 
uh, when I got into comedy, uh, I wanted to give back as much as I could. Yeah. Um, that's the kind of person I, I've always been. I was a teacher. I just loved helping people, giving back people. A lot of teachers in comedy. I don't know why, but there's a ton. Yeah. There's a ton. Like, and, I, and I think a little bit is, is that we have to stand up. As teachers, we stood up in front of an audience every day. Yeah. We, 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 we somehow demanded their attention. That's actually a very good point. <laughs> like, you never thought of that. Like, teachers are standing in front of 30-plus students a yeah. day for, like, eight hours straight trying to get them to focus. Which, in my opinion, is the hardest crap. I'd, I'd rather give me, ah, uh, maybe not. Take that back. High school kids probably would be the hardest. I worked with like two years old up to fifth grade elementary. I was a PE teacher. But I mean, that our job is literally to get up and talk in front of people. You know, they're not adults, regardless. Yeah. Of what so I think it's comfortable, maybe. Yeah. And there's a lot of material. You, 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 you learn a lot from not only the kids, but the parents. You see a lot. There's a lot of situations where things go awry. Yeah. Um, So being a teacher, I just like to give back. I like to do that kind of stuff. And um, my first year in comedy, my friend, one of my friends, um, got sick. He had cancer. Okay. Uh, stage four colon cancer. And he was given about two years, maybe. And that's about how far he went. And during that two years, my second year in comedy, we did a benefit for him at uh, Paradise Valley Community College. Okay. And raised about, I think it was $2,800 for him, just to help with him and his daughter, and and, um, and then a buddy of mine, uh, he was a big Cubs fan, never went to Wrigley Field, three months before he died, kind of helped use the, our comedy page to mm-hmm. go after the radios, uh, the radio, uh, the DJs out here, and the news stations trying to figure out if we can get people to help, okay. get him to Chicago, to Nice. And uh, I wasn't very much, my buddy Tony was the main force pushing this, and Hillary helped a lot too. But um, they got him to, to Wrigley Field for two games. He caught a foul ball. He got pushed out of the of the um, stadium in his wheelchair by Theo Epstein, who was the general manager of the Cubs. That was um, amazing. And went with his daughter, and uh, they paid for the flight, the games, and that stuff. So that was probably one of my moments, I would think. It has nothing to do with me really doing stand-up, but what stand-up helped us, you know, Yeah, achieve. yeah, like comedy, I think, leads to a lot of different things and, like, opportunities. Yeah, and, yeah. like, I think it actually, like, kind of, like, just unlocks creative juices that, like, help people get into other passions. No, 100%. And help other people. Oh, yeah. yeah. The same thing with suicide prevention. That was another yeah. big thing for us. We, with my dad, obviously, I wanted to work with suicide prevention. We made wristbands my first year. We bought... 500 wristbands. I'm wearing one. I haven't taken it off. It says, "What's your anchor? You know, what's holding you to this world? What is keeping you here? You know, and reminding you what's keeping you here." It has the number on it, and we did a little uh, social media push, trying to let people know, "Hey, if you want some of these bracelets, we'll send them to you." We ended up sending for free 500 of these bracelets to 20 different states and, and just a bunch of people all over. What's going on? Yeah. Alright. <laughs> so, we did mention Big Pine earlier. For mm-hmm. my listeners who don't know, what exactly is Big Pine? Big Pine is a comedy festival in Flagstaff, Arizona. Beautiful Flagstaff, Arizona. My hometown. Which is where you're from. Yeah. Um, um, 
not my choice of location because it was given to us, but we wanted it because of the location. Um, I, I don't think I'd pick, I could pick a prettier and nicer place in Arizona, at least in my mind. Um, and it started, so September will be the fourth year. Um, we helped with it the first two years. It was started by a comic named Ryan Stalder, who's California-based, but he used to live here a lot too. And he started it, ran it the first two years. We helped him, we just volunteered like anybody can, and we volunteered a lot of our time. And after the first year, I remember driving in the car back with Hillary, and Hillary saying to herself, well, not saying it out loud, but kind of to herself, how do we get Ryan to give us this festival? And we kind of just put it out there, that we wanted it, and see what would happen. And um, after the second year, I mean, Saturday, no, Saturday night, on the last night, Ryan walked up to me and said, do you want this festival? And I didn't hesitate, I just said yes. And I said, you also have to understand that by giving this festival to me, it also goes to Hillary. And he goes, why does, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> both of you guys. So he knew that it was going to both of us. And, um, and it's just, it, it's a festival that, it, it was, it had so much potential to be great. I mean, the town's beautiful. Yeah. The weather in September is amazing. It is. Everything's close together downtown. That's why we love it too, because you don't have to you don't have to take drive to really go anywhere. Yeah, you, you can just walk. Find somewhere to park. Yeah. I wonder if you guys are the reason we have charged parking now. They're just like expecting it for next year. I, I don't think it was us. <laughs> I hope it wasn't us. It's the NAU students. It's the NAU students for they sure. Finally they are building yeah. a parking garage soon, which is yeah. uh, going to go down there. They've been talking about that, which I think is going to be great. Yeah, but it's only, it's only like a, a buck an hour, which I guess is a lot. But we're going to actually have some places located this year. People can park for free okay. involved with the festival just to help out. But um, and, and when Ryan gave it to us, um, we right away wanted to turn it into a nonprofit. We wanted, if we were going to do something, we wanted to also try to give back. So we did like, like what I've been saying. So we turned it into an educational nonprofit, which I thought would. You know, kind of hit my basis as a teacher, and then Hillary also is a um, uh, art. She's an artist. She went to art school in Arizona, so she's creative in her own way. And yeah. we wanted to give back to the arts. The art, even though even though I was a pre teacher, music, art um, were so important to me when I was a kid. I did chorus in high school and stuff like that, and I and I needed an outlet, and, I, and because of those, I had an outlet, and I, I don't want kids to lose that outlet. Um, I did pretty much all the classes that you guys had scheduled there. Yeah. Me and uh, Giuseppe Giovanni. Okay. And I loved every single class that we did and all the extra open Good. mics and like all the shows were great and on point. Thank you. But I had a blast last year. The year before I had a blast but only because I won Little Pine and I was proud and I'm like, fuck you Phoenix bitches, flags that represent. And I was like really proud and then like I didn't win that... <clears throat> the following year and I was a little bummed out about that but like I met all the comedians like oh shit you guys are awesome so like and that's helped me like since I moved down here because everybody like remembers me it's like oh yeah, yeah you're the girl who gave us directions <laughs> and what, which, which little part did you win the first year which, at, at uh, um, the one at the no the one at um, Skateboard the Motel de Beau oh there was one Motel de Beau that's right yeah you won yeah. that one okay and uh, Bill, it's funny because like I'm getting ready to go on this adventure, and like all the comedians are coming up to me and like telling me these sweet little heartfelt things, and I'm like trying not to cry. 
Oh, like Bill, like, shit, I fucked up the name. Laskowski? Laskowski, yeah. Laskowski. Uh-huh. Fuck. Laskowski. <laughs> I will say it right someday on the first try. Uh, don't worry, you don't have to. Yeah. It's just Bill. But he comes up to me, he's like, do you remember the first time we met? And I'm like, yeah, a little time. I pretended I was tripping on mushrooms during my set. And he's all like, yeah, and you have fucking jokes. He's all like, I don't regret picking you, because he's the one who decided I won. And I'm like, oh shit, and I didn't know it was like all him. And I'm like, god damn. Yeah, I was in that room with Pat, right? Yeah. Okay, I did that show. So you beat me. Thank you. <laughs> I, you know, the funny thing about that show is I did, I did, it was three minutes, right? Yeah. I did, I did one joke about, um, going to Las Vegas. And for some reason it did pretty well on that show. And it never did well again. I did three <laughs> more times and I never did a joke again. <laughs> so, yeah. but, um, that, that's, you know, to me, the, when, when I think of a festival, so I've been going to a lot of festivals lately. We've been traveling. We went and helped with Bell Comedy Festival in Hollywood. Okay. We went and helped uh, judge the first round of the San Diego Comedy Festival. We're going to be going to Cleveland soon. We're going to that. Uh, I, we got asked to go by Rick Bronson to Just for Last this year with him. But we can't because I'm super bummed. Uh-huh. But when I look at a festival, and I think of a festival, if you go to a festival, if you got into it, or regardless if you didn't get into it, if you go to one, it's like just a treasure trove of knowledge and like experiences. That's, that's what it should be. It, yeah. it, it sh- the last thing that should be really on your mind is s- your sets. Yeah. I mean, obviously they matter and you want to do good because you want to do good anyway. That's how we are, all are. But if you go into the mindset with, all I'm going to worry about is my time on stage, you're not going to get anything out of the festival. The yeah. festival should be networking as much as possible. If there's classes or if there's, uh, um, you know, uh, industry panels, those are things you need to go to. Because you're going to have the ability to meet comics in so many different states. I mean, we had submissions from, uh, I think, about 20 different states, Canada. I mean, you have the ability to meet some people in so many places where you can, if, you, if they like you, you can maybe go there and get time, even if it's just a mic or something. You'll know yeah. more about the scene. You're in more. You're, people know who you are. And um, I think that's what we're trying to create. I think we're trying to create a comedy college slash comedy summer camp where you can go learn yeah. but at the end of the night or whatever you can, you have, get you can have a good time too exactly <laughs> <laughs> and that's coming from a guy who doesn't get wrecked uh, when it comes to drinking but hey you know okay, I'll get wrecked for both of us <laughs> there you go <laughs> but yeah no it was funny because like day one it's like I'm going to win little pine again I'm going to win little pine and I'm like okay that sucks but then I started talking with everybody and having a great time and by like day three I didn't give a fuck about winning little pine anymore I was like Hector then somebody else just got me super baked <laughs> so like I go up and like it's like hold on I need my notes so I drop the mic down yeah and then I go get my notes and then I grab the mic and I don't look at my notes once but I had yeah. a blast as long as you had a blast and that's, what, that, that, that's what we want to create that's what we want to create and that's I mean when it comes to us planning year two um, you know our biggest focus is on the comics okay. that are in it and are not in it. Anyone that wants to come, any comic that wants to come to our festival gets a badge to go do whatever they want to do. Oh, now, nice. I was going to volunteer if I didn't get in. Actually, I'll still probably volunteer yeah, anyway. But any comic that wants to come, I don't care if you're from Arizona or anywhere else, if you want to come to Big Pine, tell me your comic. 
you can you can go to shows. Now some of the shows we're going to have this year are going to be a VIP only, where not everyone can go to those specific shows. Okay. Because we that's just the deals that we have with some of the venues that we have. Okay. Um, but all the industry panels, any any workshop that's going on is open not only to the comics with badges, but it's open to the public for free. As okay. a nonprofit, that's that's part of our thing is we have to these have to be available to the anyone that wants to go to them. Nice. And um, and, th and this year the panels and that, that's that's where I think you're gonna see, if you went to Big Pine the last year you're gonna see the biggest bump in industry and workshops because that's going to be our driving force during the day. Good. I did love all the workshops last Good. year and then like the ones I couldn't hit just up it's like okay I'll hit Amy Blackwell's class you hit Dave Jit's class mm -hmm. and then we'll both write notes and then we took pictures of each other's notes afterward. Yeah no that, that, that's that's what it's about though that's what you would do yeah. in at college you would do that with your classmates right if you're trying to learn something you would share your notes and share things with each other and I love that I think that's what we should do. I think I see a lot of people do it, like Brad Kelly will go to something and listen and write it down and he'll share it with everyone in the Arizona comedy scene. Yeah. Like that's what we should do for each other. We should, if we would all learn how to, if we could all figure out how to work together instead of work against each other so much, yeah. the scene would be so much better. And, um, and I think it's getting there. I think there's obviously um, some people that like to stir things up. Yeah. Whether it be for fun or not for fun. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I just try to stay away from it. I don't. I don't get involved. I don't. I'm, I'm on a mission to create <laughs> something great, and I don't. I don't have time to listen to the buzz. That's <laughs> really admirable. Like I was trying to like avoid everybody's drama, but like I'm also trying to be friends with everybody, and mm -hmm. then I'll find out. And then I got involved into some, like, random secret drama of myself that I won't get into. Mm -hmm. But, like, I'll have people who, like, hate me for a certain reason. And, like, I feel really bad that this happened. Yeah. Or, like, it's, like, you're friends with this person. Yeah, he's an asshole. And you should tell him that. It's, like, you're an adult. Go tell him yourself. Mm -hmm. it's but all, like, that's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem is that they put people want to put you in bad situations. Or yeah. tough situations. And it's, yeah. like, we're adults here. If you have a problem, you have to go handle it yourself. That's, I mean, that's... I, I think... I take a, a, a weird approach to social media. Like I, I, I probably don't do it as much as I should. Hillary's really good at that. Uh, mm -hmm. She's the force that drives our social media. But um, I will. My number one rule is I will not comment nice. on any drama anywhere because it doesn't matter. Yeah, like at the end of the day, it, it really literally doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're right. It doesn't matter if you're wrong. Because if you, if, you, if you start typing something and you and you say something, it's going to be wrong to someone. Because like you said, yeah. you, people are, if you're doing something well or doing something that's good, people are going to, someone's going to be mad. Yeah. Someone's going to be angry. You have to come to the realization that that's, that's what's going to happen. So, and uh, it still sucks. It does. <laughs> I don't like it. People don't like me. Yeah, you know? it's awkward. And then, like, I had a friend, uh, another comedian I interviewed, said that friend was a douchebag or some shit like that. Yeah. And I told him that he said that. It's like, you better not post that. If you post that, we're not friends anymore. And the fact that you would betray me. And he just goes on this crazy tangent. And I'm like, all right, well, if I have to take out any mention of you, I'm taking out the good mentions, too. Yeah. 
And it's all like, that's fine if that's the compromise, but if you post that, our friendship would be over. And I'm like, fuck. And, like, this friend's done a lot of shit for me and has been really kind to me. Mm-hmm. But it, like, really hurt. It's like, I don't want to censor anybody. Like, I don't work for the FCC. Like, yeah. I want to get to know comedians. I want to know what they think. So if the comedian likes to talk shit, go ahead and talk shit. This is your platform to do it. Yeah, I mean, that's what they want to do. Like, it's up to you. Yeah. But, like, if you want to remain neutral, and like, I need to work on that because I would prefer to do that. But, like, sometimes I just get sucked in and I'm like, this fucking bitch. Oh, yeah. So this, this, I've written a lot of things on Facebook and then deleted them. Yeah. Because sometimes I just have to write it out because I feel better. Yeah, sometimes. It's a weird thing to say, but, you know, sometimes there's something going on where I feel so, I get so upset about. Yeah. Because if, if, the pe- if some of these people would just work on themselves more and stop mm-hmm. worrying about everyone else, they'd be so much better. Like, I just don't, I, you know, and, and if someone is successful and does something good in Arizona, why, we why aren't we happy. applauding them? Why aren't yeah. we applauding them? The more people that come out of Arizona with a good stigma behind them and do well, yeah. That makes all of us look good. It doesn't just make them look good. It makes us all look good. And if we all keep working hard, then we'll get there. But it's just, and that's, and that's, and that's what I'm trying to do with the festival, too, is because we're not just working with House of Comedy. Yeah. They're our title sponsor, obviously. Mm-hmm. We spend a lot of time there. I spend a lot of time there. But we're still working with Stand Up Live and Tempe Improv. Yeah, then. Is uh, Stir Crazy... Uh, they, yeah, we just haven't sat down with Tom yet. Okay. <laughs> I love Tom. Because they just started that, right? Like, it's a new club? Or their, am I wrong about their that? First, their first weekend was uh, Big Pine Weekend this last September. So okay, because I remember year, them, right? like, passing out, like, mm-hmm. the flyers and stuff. Like, how are they doing? I think they're doing great. And they're getting, oh, they're getting good names. I mean, uh, Mike Anders was just in town. He did with Tom Rhodes. Tom Rhodes is a pretty big name. And, okay. and I think it's, been, it's a beautiful room. It's a smaller room. It fits like a hundred, but it's it's really pretty. It remind, uh, the size reminds me of the comedy spot a lot. That's where I st- I did eventually go back there after the classes and spent like a year and a half hosting there um, okay. until I wasn't allowed to anymore. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which is a, a theme uh, with most comics here, but that's all right. All right. And um, what are the dates for Big Pine this year? Big Pine are uh, September nineteenth through the twenty second. So right. Wednesday through uh, uh, Saturday. Alright, cool. Yeah, Wednesday's going to be uh, uh, kind of an opening night where we have, we're, we're going to be a little more at, the, uh, at NAU this year. Okay. So we have a Wednesday night at NAU, two shows. Saturday night, two shows at NAU. Those are going to be the headlining shows. All the headliners that are coming in, that's when they'll do their, their, the majority of their time. They'll also be a part of panels and Maybe guest judges on uh, okay. shows like Amy's show, which needs judges for, um, and things like that, and they'll be around to hang out. We chose headliners uh, that were obvious, obviously funny, but would obviously be a part of the festival, not just do their time and go back and tell people that are going to come out, hang out with the comedians, you know. Which is what what these what these young comics want. That's what I wanted. Yeah. And when I started comedy, I wanted to hang out and feel a part of something. Yeah. You know, and when those and, and some people don't want to do that, and that's fine. That's, it's, it, mm-hmm. Some comics want to do their set and then go home. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Like my biggest goal is to make people laugh, and I generally don't care if it's on stage or off stage. Yeah, but it's just it's just the hang, you know. Yeah. I mean, that, we all got into this because we've. Felt like I, I felt like oh I should say everyone I felt I wanted to be a part of something yeah you know that wasn't a 
teaching. I wanted to be a part of something that I, you know, got into, met people, and we grew together. Yeah. And I found it. I found it. I mean, I, I love, that's why I love it. And I, but that's what I want other people to be able to feel that too. Because I feel like there's people that don't feel that way. Yeah, when I started, like, all these more, like, I liked everybody, and everybody was very kind and supportive to me. I hadn't, like, really met anybody as well, and Flagstaff is a very supportive scene. Like, I'm so open-minded there. They have a rule, no booing. Okay. So, like, if you want somebody to get off the stage, you slow clap them off. Okay. Yeah. But it's a very, like, weird hippie-like mic. Yeah, for sure. And, like, if there's hecklers like Dan Ziffer or Justin will, like, start going off on them. <laughs> and it's, like, fun to watch sometimes. It's like, oh, shit, calm little Dan just lost it. Dan can Dan can lose it, and I love it when he does, because I always tell him, like, Dan, just, just be tough. Yeah. You can do it. No, he's tough as fuck. You know what you're doing here? Yeah. And just lay the law down. Yeah. Just be confident. Because people listen to you. He ran uh, Southside for us last year, which was not an easy one to run. That was a that's a room that's very busy. It is. And uh, it's it it, it has challenges because you have to walk through to go to the patio through the show. Yeah. And uh, he did a fantastic job, and he was amazing. And uh, I saw him lose it a few times because I saw me lose it. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. You have to. I mean, yeah. you have to, 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 sometimes to be successful and run something, you have to, unfortunately, make bad decisions. It's a tough problem. Yeah. You know. I've done pretty good about not losing my shit thus far, but I know when it happens, everybody's going to freak out. <laughs> as long as you just don't, you know, don't give it all to them at once. That's what I do. I do it in spurts. See, so we'll play it by ear, but normally it'll just be like me losing my shit once, but like everybody just kind of like looking in horror, yeah. and then like, it's like, are you okay? And then, like, them avoiding me or, like, stepping back. It's like, why are you acting like I'm going to hit you? <laughs> no, see, I could lose my... I, I've had so much practice losing my shit in front of people I can't, like kids, be a teacher. Yeah. That I can lose my shit and you'll think I'm talking to a 10-year-old. Because I can do it without, you know, cursing. Yeah. <laughs> Making my face look angry. Because with kids, if your face looks angry, they cry. No, obviously, no, no. Obviously, if I were to curse, I'd have lost my job. So... I can lose it and stay pretty calm, which is a, a, a definite benefit for me, especially yeah. running a festival at Scrazy. Yeah, I get what you're saying. <laughs> like, um, I'm a martial arts instructor, and I teach oh, the geez. kids class yeah. so for like 10 years. Like, The cool thing is like, I have an advantage, though. I can make the kids drop down and do push-ups whenever I want, yeah, except yeah. for like during the summer camp. Yeah. But like, normally I'd be calm, but like when I lose my shit, it's like, oh, we made Miss Celia mad. <laughs> I don't know if I can do martial arts though, because I, I, because as a PE teacher, I had to get their attention, but I didn't have to get it, their attention in the sense of a martial artist, which discipline in that room is 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 the higher power. You have to be disciplined. That's what you're learning in, in, in martial arts, um, you know. So I didn't have to quite get everyone's full attention. I just had to get their attention. Their body could be doing whatever it wanted as long as they were kind of looking at me. Yeah, so, no, like, so I, I, don't, I don't envy you as that, because that doesn't sound easy. Um, <laughs> normally it's alright, and it's fun, but some days the kids, like, it's all they, like, just snorted pixie dust or something, or powdered sugar. Oh, yeah. Like, they just, like, took mouthfuls of fun dip, and just, like, swashed it down with, like, corn syrup, <laughs> corn syrup. <laughs> and sitting there, it's like, what is wrong with all of you? But, like, there's always, like, normally it's just that, like, one, like, I don't want to say bad kid, but bad kid <laughs> who, like, has issues with, like, personal space, is always grabbing the other kids, tugging on their keys, punching and kicking when we're not actually doing class. 
And then, like, it's funny because that kid's normally the one, if he, like, trips or falls down, he's the first to cry and scream bloody murder. Of course, yeah. And, like... And they're probably kicking, like, Chun-Li from, like, uh, Street Fighter, just... Just... However <laughs> that... You know, I don't know yeah. if you played Street Fighter or not, but... That, yeah. was, that was my reference. Yeah, that's what <laughs> happened. Okay, okay, cool. In, like, Mortal Kombat and stuff. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, the one time I did lose my shit, it was, like, free time for, like, three hours, and they were all just staring at their screens with their mouths open, like, their smartphones, their tablets. Mm-hmm. And, like... It's a great summer camp, but, like, for those three hours, because it's, like, one or two times a week where they're just staring at their yeah. screens. And I'm just sitting there, it's like, all right, everybody put down their technology. We're going outside. It's like, what? Why? It's like, we're going outside, we're going to play in the dirt, and we're going to throw rocks like normal children. Yeah, like, just, just be normal. And I, I, luckily, as a teacher, I didn't get that too much. I stopped teaching <laughs> at no nine. Okay. So, like, it was there, but it wasn't there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know how I can, ha- I don't know how I can handle it. I mean, my son now, the first thing we do when he gets in the car, he goes, can I do something? You know, how do you stare out, this, out the window like you did when you were a kid? Yeah. yeah. Beautiful out. It is. And I know it's 109, but it's beautiful. Count the cactuses. Exactly. Something. He's like, and just, yeah. They're, they're See, I always I read a lot. You what? I always read when I was in the car, because, like, my family drives scary. Yeah. It's all like, Okay. It's like, if I don't see her drive on the wrong side of the road, I won't die. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read because I'm not a, uh, uh, I, I just can't focus enough to read. Okay. But uh, I just thought a lot. That was But I, I have a sibling, too, so my sister sat next to me, so we play games. You know, yeah. you get those little cards and you find things that you saw and you get, like, a bingo card but for, like, scenes. Yeah. I don't know if you ever saw that, but that's how we did it as a kid. And, we uh, yeah. did Punch Buggy a lot. <laughs> Punch buggy, we did that as well, or uh, I Spy was a good one. Uh, yeah, I Spy. I Spy, yeah. until he got too far where the thing you spy was so far gone that you just were like, yeah, I don't know. Hmm? <laughs> that's it, yeah, that's, uh, I don't even know what we're talking about. Shit, <laughs> we're talking about, oh, getting attention. Getting attention. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, this happens I, I, a lot. I, I wander. A lot of tangents. That's why I can't, you... that's why I can't go freely on stage because I'll lose my thoughts, so. All right, you can listen to when I interview Paul Goebel, and those are tangents. Just tangents? <laughs> yeah. Paul does like to go on tangents. Yeah, because his interview is like the one person I interviewed for two hours straight. Normally, the other two-hour interviews are like three or more people at the same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. not just one. But like, yeah. it was a great conversation, and like, you learn a lot. Um, that being said, what advice would you give to like a new comedian starting out? A new comedian. I mean, you're always going to hear the same thing, um, which is do time. Get on stage. That's obvious. Yeah. Uh, my what I've learned from being at the club and interviewing these headliners and and uh, just being around them as much as possible is, is just be a good person. Okay. If you want to get booked early, mm-hmm. you know you have to be funny, obviously. Yeah. But you don't. You don't always have to be the funniest one. You just have to be the easiest one to work with. Yeah. You have to be nice. If you want to go on the road with someone, comics don't want to take someone on the road with them unless they're a good hang. Yeah. It, it almost doesn't even matter about the funny. Obviously, a little bit. You can't go out there and just bomb hard. But I mean, yeah. in the beginning, learn how to learn how to treat the people around you well. Yeah. Because it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be good for you in the long run. I I promise that. Uh, getting on stage and and. Don't be afraid to find a home. Okay. 
think that's important. I think we all try to get everywhere. We all want to. We all want a weekend of house comedy, stand up live, Tempe improv, mm -hmm. comedy spot, and stir crazy yeah. on rotation. Probably not going to happen. The only person I know that even has close to that is Tony B. Okay. For some reason, he's allowed to do the comedy spot and everywhere else. Nice. But Tony's a great guy. Yeah. And he's very he's easy to be around. Yeah. Uh, which I think helps. But don't expect that you're going to get all the places. Find a place that you think you can get into and work at it. In my opinion, my, 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 my way so far was I, I went to Toso's. I ventured out, obviously, to other places, too. Yeah. I kind of built a home base around Sydney Smith for a while. Okay. And it helped. Um, and then once Crack Up started going, he started going a different direction, I went over to the comedy spot. And I was there for a year and a half. Learned a ton hosting. And did the improv with the improv troupe for a year. Um, and then when that one ended, I went over to the House of Comedy. And it's opened up a lot of doors. And comedy clubs, you know, like the House of Comedy, they want you to come there and just be a part of the scene. Yeah. Rick's a comic. Yeah. He wants, he, he loves comics. He wants that place to be like the store where comics are just hanging out all the time. Yeah. You know? And don't be discouraged when you hear no, because you're going to hear no all the time. Yeah. And that doesn't matter. And, um, and and just don't be just don't be so worried about all the different places you perform. Just be worried about the place you're performing. I think that's the key. Okay. If you can take that, if you can figure out how to do that, which I don't even know if I have yet, but you know, yeah. advice is easier to say. <laughs> and, like, um, some good advice I got from somebody on a panel at Big Time last year was, mm -hmm. like, you don't have to be good right away. No. And I agree with that. Like, before, it's like, I need to figure out how to get into these clubs. I need to do this. Now it's like, all right. Like, I'm an open micer. Yeah. And that's what I am right now, and I'm okay with doing that for, like, however many years. That's that, and you should be, 100%. Oh. Oh. One more thing of advice that I would give that yep. I think is, is, is another crucial thing is um, if, you, if, you, if you do have aspirations to go get there faster, mm -hmm. do something else other than stand-up. Okay. Everything that I've gotten lately, mm -hmm. I think, in my opinion, is a result of Big Pine. Okay. Because it got my face and my name into people that my stand-up was not. And it opened up a lot of doors. And I think the way the world is today with social media and YouTube and Instagram and all these things is you have to, if you want to break out fast, I mean, you can, you can just do stand-up and if you're great, then you'll get there fast maybe, but it, it may take you 10, 15 years. Yeah. I, you know, and, and, I, and I'm not saying it's a shortcut, I'm just saying that have something else. Be able yeah. to, to do more than one thing. Don't just limit yourself to getting up at an open mic every night. Yeah. Do a podcast. Yeah, okay. Do working on it. You're you are. Yeah. That's that's all that matters. Do do something. Do skits. Yeah, write okay. something other than stand up. Just do something that is going to get you seen by other people. Because that's the right now. It's all. If you do want to get there, it's about being seen. And it's about being in everyone's face. 
all the time. Yeah. Just because you're not getting booked doesn't mean that, that that booker doesn't think that you're funny. Maybe he just hasn't seen you in four months and he's forgotten about you because he sees the people all the time. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not that. saying but knock down their door and send them emails every day either. I'm yeah. just saying, you know, when you're there, say hi. Okay. And that's it. Don't ask him if he's got spots for you. Just say hi. Yeah. Sometimes. You know? Because that, sometimes that's all you need to do. And I'll be like, oh yeah, I forgot I need a book. You know. Yeah, no, if I ever ask to be on a book show, I'll ask like once, and then I'm like, I'm not going to nag them, I'm not going to nag them. Yeah. And the other thing is, <laughs> is when, you go to a, when you go to a show, if, you, if you're booked for a show, mm-hmm. and you're, you're told that you're going to do six times, and you get there and they say, oh, guess what, it's eight now. Don't say no. Yeah. If it's two minutes, you should be able to figure out two minutes. Yeah. Do something. Fill in with some crowd work. Even if you're not good at it, just try something new. Push yourself and go out there and do it. Because what you're, if you say no, all the booker then hears is, this guy doesn't have time. Yeah. If you want a weekend, you got to do 20. So if he doesn't have eight, yeah. you know. I mean, it's different. If, if, they, if, you're, if they say you're doing six and then, you know, they say well, you need you to do 15. Yeah. You know? If you don't have 15 then, that's different. But if it's okay. a minute or two... Yeah. I see people do that sometimes. I'm just like, why would you yeah, do like that for two a minute? Minutes. Why would you do that? Yeah, you can riff for two minutes, or you can like yeah. try. It, 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 it's a book show. You're booked on. People are paying to come see. Yeah. You do the extra minute. Figure it out. That's your job. Yeah. Hey. Um, that's all really great advice. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Right. And you also have a podcast called. Crack House. Uh, Crack House Podcast. Crack House. We okay. do that uh, at House of Comedy. Um, it hasn't dropped yet, but we're hoping to drop it in like a month. And okay. it's just, uh, it's, it, it, Rick's, Rick Bronson wanted it to be for comics. So we talk about comedy. We don't dumb things down. Yeah. We tell stories. Yeah. You guys are my competition then. <laughs> we're, we're not. We're not competition. We're doing this together. Okay. Building a brand for comedy. Alright. If you do well, I do well. I do well, you do well. Alright. That's cool. how we think, right? Yeah, maybe someday I'll get to be on your guys' podcast too. That would be great. And that's the hard part of that and that one is that it is Rick's and we do do the headliners. And I'm trying to get him to let me do other things and interview right. other people. Uh, we just have to get up. We have to just have to figure out exactly what we are. Alright, yeah. Who knows if we'll ever know? Well, it was great talking to you. Thank you. Right. And then, uh, real quick, if people do want to go, Check out the festival. They can go to bigpinecomedyfestival.com uh, and that's Big Pine Comedy on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, and there are still opportunities to volunteer, correct? 100%. And there, uh, there's always there's always opportunities to volunteer. If you text, if you message me the day before, the day of, whatever, you want to help, you can help. Alright, cool. Thank you. Alright, sweet. You have a great day. You too.